Edinburgh. There are families in the room. I've cursed like three times, much to the chagrin of the mothers and the pleasure of the fathers. How are we all doing, guys? We well? Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming to the show. It's an exciting day. It's sunny in Scotland, and I have chosen a room directly near the sun, covered in black paint, where the stage is located in an area I cannot stand up. So I get to cook my head. So it'll be a very succinct beginning of the show. And slowly, what's that, brother? Is this still called stand-up if you're not standing? Yes. <laughs> I really liked your enthusiasm with that heckle. Where are you from, brother? Chicago. Fucking Chicago, best city in America. What part of Chicago are you from? North suburbs, Highland Park. Highland Park, I spent a summer in Oak Park. I don't know what that means. Thank you very much. Obviously his dad and his pla Highland Park's a little bit better than Oak Park. I could feel that 40 minutes away, sort of like, oh, Oak Park, one of those. Well, you're, you're 40 minutes by the hypot that's a west suburb. It's a west suburb? Yeah, that's a bad place. No. That's not true. Se the, isn't the south side the bad place? South side's the bad place. That's worse. I lived in Oak Park. Oak Park was not a bad place. Oak Park is very I know, but it's just a, nice no, no, I know, but it's just one of those things where, as a Canadian, then hearing an American say ethnically diverse, there's a very horrible stereotype in my head that's going, yeah, of course you bring it up, you dirty Americans. <laughs> and then I'm going, no, they're actually complimenting on the fact that it's a diverse area with Italians and black people and white people all together discussing politics and more like, why are the American police continually shooting black people in the face? <laughs> Um, but again, America gets such a horrible rap in the rest of the world, and I do not understand it, because you go to places like Chicago, and it's like walking into a hug that also has a pizza waiting for you. <laughs> like, you guys are Cubs fans, yes? Uh, sure. White Sox fans? Sure. Just pick a side, lady! <laughs> You're from Highland Park. Is that home of the we don't pick a side? No, the other British... Black, finally. Let's talk about hockey, much to the chagrin of the British people who make me talk about cricket all the time. I don't need to know about cricket. I have baseball. It's cricket, only at a reasonable length. And with exciting things like home runs, cheering, a guy named Harry Carey who died like 15 years ago. But he was the greatest baseball commentator of all time. He was this fat, crazy, drunk man who was, didn't know anything about the game of baseball. I don't know if you've ever heard, Harry, have you guys ever watched baseball? Four young ladies looking, looking at me just like, what have we walked into? Based on the room, we felt we were coming to a reading of the Anne Frank Diaries. And instead, a man who looks like Hitler's wet dream is talking about baseball. Where, where are you guys from? You're from Barcelona? Ireland. Ireland and Barcelona. Now that's ethnically diverse right there. <laughs> we are our own little Highland Oak Park right up front. That's lovely. And what brings you from Barcelona here to... S thank you for bringing some of your Barcelonian weather with you to Scotland. Because before it was just that beautiful gray Scottish sky that looks like a roof just right on top of our heads. I usually say roof, but I said roof for the Americans. <laughs> so that you guys don't do roof? They nodded. What part of America are you guys from? Ah, fucking Buffalo. You guys go rough. Right. They say roof. Yeah, but you guys have that crazy Chicago accent. Well, Chicago! Don't shake your head, miss. You have... You uh, well, I'm fucking sorry. I didn't know. I haven't gotten all the dossiers on your family. I understand he's a periodontist, and he's going to a fine school, and your other one, well, he could have gotten to the fine school, but he's wanting to concentrate on his skateboarding, so he didn't end up going there. 
Are you from actual New York or are you from Albany? Which is like saying, where do you live? Edinburgh, where do you actually live? Aberdeen. It's like saying, where do you live? Barcelona, where do you actually live? Belgium, where do you live? <laughs> Ireland, where do you actually live? Wales. <laughs> yeah, I just did a joke area specific to everyone I spoke to. Where are you gonna see that on the fridge? Nowhere else, and where else are you gonna lose five pounds from the heat? Nowhere else, tell your friends. Five stars in a publication I created, now. Uh, and what part of New York are you from? East 77. So actual, like, New York. Yes, God, gee, Manhattan is a very different place from when I went when I was 10 years old and my father took me to Times Square and a man tried to sell me a dildo. And now <laughs> you go, because like, you go to Times Square and it's like Disneyland. There's like, they've, like, okay, so you guys have been, have you guys all been to big cities? You've ever been, this is the big, you've all been to big cities? So what's the biggest city you've ever been to? Here. Here. Okay, imagine, uh, Edinburgh's a bad idea because Edinburgh's done the same thing. So you know how they have the main drag, the Royal Mile, and they've closed it so a bunch of students from Oxford, or Oxford, because Oxford, Oxford's not a word, is it? <laughs> not a word. Thank you for shaking your head in that condescending Irish way. No, it's not. <laughs> what, you're from the island of the poet. You're allowed to be condescending. When an English person goes, that's not how it's pronounced, and you go, well, geezer's not a word for a guy, it's for an old guy, actually. And then they mispronounce. Uh, aluminum and I die inside and uh, he's taking his shirt off Charlie Brown t-shirt fuck yeah papa you are just you if you have a fanny pack you have won the most dad on tour uh, that's nice. pardon me no I wasn't even talking to you because you're not wearing a Charlie Brown shirt but I fucking love that you went with it no I'm not but what? <laughs> we have so many things to discuss, but let's abandon them all and educate this man about Charlie Brown. Dylan, do you know what Charlie Brown is? All right, let me tell you about Charlie. Charlie Brown is, uh, I'm gonna just sit weirdly on this chair because I was developing some sort of spine problem by standing there. Because this wall is sort of hot to the touch, especially riding the free festival symbol as if it's cooking my brain for the ethos of only should pay for shows after the show. By the way, the show is free to get in, not free to get out. And, <laughs> and I know you're like, ha, 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 ha. the door is locked and I'll turn on the heat. So listen, and we're not talking coins, we're talking notes. And not American. Last year I would have taken American. This year we're going pound. I've seen what happened to your dollar. I'm not getting snowed this year, all right? And I'm saying that as a Canadian. And our dollar is kind of like, you know, a, 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 a French franc right now. Useful if you need to blow your nose. Need to buy some bread? You can go, fuck off. Now, um, I apologize for the swearing to the parents in the room, but you're in Scotland. What I'm saying is just exactly what they're going to hear if they go to a hospital with an injury and the doctor will diagnose them with being like, you know, full of shit or something. <laughs> um, so Charlie Brown is the story of this guy named Charlie Brown who's a bald kid <laughs> that's never addressed that he's bald. It's really complicated and he's surrounded by like all these friends that you think would be nice to him, but they treat him like absolute garbage. Like he has this girl Lucy who just berates him and he has a dog who thinks he's a pilot and none of the adults listen to him and there's this Halloween special, right? Where this kid Linus who plays the piano really well and has this weird, what? I thought it was Linus. Linus has a blanket. Oh, you're fucking right. Linus does have the blanket. That kid's name is Schroeder? <laughs> a Jewish kid in Charlie Brown. How ethnically diverse that program was as well. Yeah, she's so talented, though. He is very talented. And, he, and he's the one who Lucy's in love with, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what's Linus's deal? Linus is Lucy's brother. And I thought Charlie Brown was Lucy's brother. 
Sally's Lucy's brother. Is Sally the one with the glasses who everyone talks about maybe? Sally Brown. Sally Brown. Oh, that would make sense, actually. <laughs> then who's Sally's friend? She's got a crush on Linus, doesn't she? Yeah, don't stand there like you all know all so much about Charlie Brown, do you? Yeah. I know that Charles Schultz bought an estate and called it the Hershey Estates and he tried to open a museum, but no one came because he just wanted people to watch him draw the cartoons. That's what Charles Schultz was all about. He also had all of his dogs named Snoopy, which is a little creepy. And also when he was in a bad mood would say, I'm feeling a bit Lucy today. He had three marriages. Yeah, they didn't work out. And so, uh, and so it's basically, like I, I, I feel like I'm more stupid as I've started talking about this. Because I, basically, it's just this very weird, like, it looks like this really cool, wholesome show, but you get into it, and it's very dark. Like, there's a Halloween special where it is Linus who goes after the Great Pumpkin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with the blanket. And so, what, Linus, he has a sad Halloween. Do you, do you know Halloween? You never, okay, yeah. Do you, where are you from, brother? Uh, south of England. South, Bristol, Bristol okay, yeah. Because you guys sort of have Halloween in England, but not really. Yeah, it's, I've been to Ireland. It's all about American yeah, things. Yeah, you guys love... So she says, it's an Irish thing. They bastardize it. They yeah. fuck this Irish thing. So we're not doing it. How does she feel about Guinness? Because you walk into every pub in the, in the USA, and they're like, you want a Guinness? And you're like, it's brown. It's supposed to be black. And they're like, ah, we don't know. Also, <laughs> also uh, Americans, do me a favor. If you go to Ireland, you go to an Irish pub, and you'll notice that it's not like the Irish pubs in America, because the Irish pubs in America put together both halves of Irish culture, and they don't do that in Ireland because of, you know, all the wars. And uh, <laughs> that was just for you two. Thank you for chuckling along and getting the joke about it. Well, the Barcelonans were just like, what war? There was a thing where the Irish, and the, man, boom. Anyway, so, uh, so it's just this really sad child story, but it's very much a part of North American culture where like the parents went wah, 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 and there was a song that every North American in this room knows. Thought you guys would join in, but you didn't. Thank you very much for stone-facing me, Chicago, just sitting there. We don't have Charlie Brown in Chicago. We only follow uh, Ditka or other references from 1980s Chicago culture. Um, and and what, uh, what is your name, sir? Jonathan. Jonathan. John, Jonathan, beautiful name. And what do you do for a living, Jonathan? You're a teacher. That's fascinating. Be proud. And what do you teach? Biology. Biology. Interesting. Here's my question. What is your favorite biological fact? I like how your sons just died with laughter. Like, here we go. Time to talk about photosynthesis. Or photosynthesis. Fuck. You like to bring them up at dinner and they're uncomfortable. Wow, you definitely have two teenagers, brother, because that is the most snide response I've ever He likes to talk to me at dinner. <laughs> In the house he pays for. Yeah, well, Dad, I improved my section of the house with sweet skateboard posters. <laughs> how old? How old are your sons? Twenty-one and eighteen. Yeah, well, one of the eighteen, twenty-one. Yeah. Get out of here! <laughs> Which one's your favorite? <laughs> Tied. Tied. <laughs> but you just you did this, not that. Anyway, so um, favorite biological fact. Gotta be honest. <laughs> I could have put money on the answer being something mundane, like, did you know that the rose petal is actually the seed of the rose? Most people don't know that, but I do. Not just like, because you're the most mild-mannered guy. Like you're, the, I just feel like you're out Saturday morning measuring the the height of the grass. Hmm. 
No, could be a little shorter. I'll go get the lawnmower. But no, you're just like, well, my friend's son, sons come over, we get out the old projector slide, and we figure out, how do whales make whoopee? <laughs> All right, so what is the weirdest way two animals make another animal? Well, uh, if oh. you are a guppy... <laughs> oh, where is this going? <laughs> you have an orange spot, you are very attractive to... Oh, sorry, Dylan. Uh, I'll translate this into kid. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm not a parent, so this is really hard. <laughs> what? What's going on in Buffalo that you know about this? I've been to your town for football games, and the people who behave there are always like gentlemen. None of them pee on buildings or, you know, later burn them down during a tailgate party. It was the awesomest day of my life. I'm a Buffalo Bills hater, because I like the New England Patriots, because I like to win. And But my entire family really loves the Buffalo Bills, which are like the perennial, like, what's a really bad football team in the UK? Guilford, they're like Guilford United. Thank you for being like. Wrong, wrong person, sorry. What's your favorite sport? I don't really watch sport. I like to play kickboxing. Okay, they would be the uh, um, whoever is against Ronda Rousey of kickboxing. <laughs> Again, thank you, one guy who likes MMA, and the rest of you. Who are you? Is she a secretary for the Kickboxing Institute? No, she's very, very famous. Her combined total fight time after seven fights is six minutes. She's really intense, and she doesn't look like she's a fighter. She literally looks like she just came from working at a grocery store, and she has blonde hair and confused eyes, and then she gets in the ring, and it's just like, ha, 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 and then she just stands around and dances while the opponent is counted out. It's really badass. I don't like martial arts because I just feel like they're a bunch of bullies who are getting rewarded for their behavior, but still. Back to the guppy lovemaking. Dylan, let's go earmuffs on this one, buddy. It's not for me, it's for your parents who will later take me aside and go, you know, we were looking for a nice family-friendly show, and now he's gonna be talking about guppies all the way back to Buffalo. We have to change twice, once in Toronto, and then for some reason we're flying into Manhattan and then back. We booked it on Expedia, we felt like it was a good idea at the time, but now, very much regret it. Flying from the UK to North America is just a d giant nightmare, because you think it would be easy, because it's one giant landmass and another giant landmass, and you just take off, but if you're going anywhere but London, it's like, oh, I'd like to go to Manchester from Toronto. Great. First, you're going to go to Abu Dhabi. Well, bo, 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 bo. That's like all the way over there. Like, we're not done. And then you're going to fly to Brussels. Then from Brussels, you get on a train, go to Paris. And from Paris, you can fly to Manchester. What if I fly to London and then take a train to Manchester? No, you can't do that. Now, uh, so the guppy, if it has an orange spot, I'm loving where this is going. Females like you better. They like you better. Now, what if you don't have an orange spot? So you're the Buffalo Bills of the guppy world. Yeah, so if you have an orange spot, you'd think you'd be the Cincinnati. Thank you very much for driving that lovely reference. Are you a sports fan at all, brother? I follow. You follow? I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan? You just want to have something to just. Who are you? You are like his nemesis, brother. <laughs> what, what's your name, man? Ari. Ari. Ari and Jonathan. Two father and son, and yet bitter enemies. <laughs> and what. Jonathan, can I ask you about University of Michigan? Do you love Wolverines and areas that are now economically crushed? Uh, That's a reference to the fact Detroit is in a giant economic wormhole and they've cut down the population to the point that it's shocking. And all the land's now being bought up by Warren Buffett, who's gonna use it to turn it into farms. He has this crazy plan of just turning the city into a giant farmland. If it works out, he's gonna become the first trillionaire who's also a man. And if it doesn't work out, well, he'll be fine. He's got like $5 billion. <laughs> 
Yeah, not necessarily funny, but educational, huh? <laughs> you could be outside enjoying the sun, but you're in here having your brains tanned with knowledge. Yeah. Did you come last year, brother? I've, no, then there was another guy from upstate New York who looked exactly like you. Well, you do have a very much an upstate New York look, tanned face, facial hair, not like in a creepy way, but in a way going, I would shave, but why would I? And you're from Buffalo, do love Buffalo. We're gonna talk about the bills in a second, but first, University of Michigan, home of the Wolverines, Ann Arbor, home of Iggy Pop, of Iggy and the Stooges, which is a band of... Bob Seger, also awesome. For those of you wondering who Bob Seger is, imagine a guy who tries to sell you drugs in the morning, Bob Seger. <laughs> That's for like four people who understand that joke and the rest of you are going, Bob, this sounds like a guy who sells wood. That's what he does now. And save your money, all I'm saying. University of Michigan, hit me. What? Your son said you had a story. Ari, you screwed me again! <laughs> But that's not a story. I was expecting like he was the quarterback for the University of Michigan. They were facing Notre Dame. The year was 1977. If Michigan could lynch this game, they would become the top of the NCAA and finally be a Division I school. I can't remember if they are or aren't a Division I school because they don't follow NCAA because I find their practices to be slave-like in the way they treat their players. Anyway, back to me. And then Jonathan's on the pitch and he's looking out and he's going, you know what, if I can throw this ball, I won't have to throw it all away as a teacher. I don't have to live in Highland Park. I could move into Oak Park with all the different ethnicities. And, and then as the ball's cresting over the fierce defensive line of Notre Dame, there's his young son, Ari, walking onto the field going, Dad, you're not going to catch it, Dad! And he's distracted by it. You drop the ball, and then you're forced to teach biology forever. Your only pleasure, looking at Guppy's going, an orange spot. He's going to get some loving. Not like I didn't do that night in 1977. None of that was uh, pre-prepared. Usually people would be impressed. Thank you, one guy. Now, yeah, yeah. I will milk for your applause because I've had all reviewers banned. So, um, now, finally, one last question, Jonathan. Do you see teach high school level? What is um, predominantly um, your least favorite type of student? It's educational for Dylan and the other, stu other young people Those in the room. Those who don't try it all. Dylan, if you take anything away, from this podcast, take away, if you ever get turned into a guppy, get an orange spot. But number two, <laughs> always try. All right, now we have a teacher here. Dylan, let's ask you just one question. I won't talk to you anymore. What is your least favorite quality in a teacher so Jonathan can know and take it back to his teacher people? Also, this must be mind-blowing for you to learn that teachers also people. <laughs> Blew my mind when I saw a teacher at the grocery store. He was buying nothing but wine. I, I learned later that that's probably not a good thing. But at the time, I was like, why isn't he in the school? <laughs> were you, any of you guys like that were, like, to a certain age that you, you just were convinced that teachers just lived in the school and just hung out with other teachers? Because you never see them. Because when you're a kid, you assume everyone who works in your neighborhood lives in your neighborhood. And then one day you find out, like, what do you mean you live far away from me? And you drive here to do this? Let's get into that for a second. Why? Why that do? That was a joke. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Ari, what's your brother's name? Jeremy. Jeremy strides into the field of battle, cuts your head off, and runs off. It's like Tyrion and Jamie right from Game of Thrones, right, guys? Yeah, I knew that one girl would get it. Thank God. Can we just discuss season five? Is he or isn't he? He is. He's dead. He is. 
He isn't. Are you crazy? That lady in red who showed up and does the fire stuff. Is, I don't know anyone's name in that show. It's far too complicated for me. Thank you. What's her name? Uh, no, your name is Patty, but what's the, the red? Misandra? That's a little bit menacing. I wouldn't trust someone named Melisandre if I was one of those guys who she later lit on fire. Anyway, for those of you who don't watch Game of Thrones, you need to, because you wouldn't think a show about a dragon and then a bunch of people just like kissing each other would be interesting, but it's the most intriguing thing, and it's all lies. Like, yeah, I'm always into like real, like cool documentaries. Like, here's the actual story of why Donald Trump ruined the USFL, or here's the actual inner workings of the war on drugs as it pertains to the United States industrial military. Con uh, um, uh, complex, and then you just watch Game of Thrones. They're like, we have to find the scroll or the f boat. It will not fly at its full capacity. I'm like, we gotta find the scroll. How can I help out? And you guys don't know, but anyway, back to um, you, Dylan. One quality in a teacher that you don't like: uh, the, mean ones. the mean ones. What do you find? What is? What are they mean about? Like what? Uh, homework. Homework. I was the same way. I didn't like doing homework. I was at school. I could do my work then. Then, like having to go home and do. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm suddenly on your side, you flop-haired magician. <laughs> All right. Now, Jonathan, final question. Um, actually, let's talk to you. Hello, Miss. What is your name? Pardon me. Anne. Anne. Hello, Anne. How are you? And what made you move from New York, beautiful home of culture, to Chicago, home of cake that's also a pizza? Job. Job. And what do you do for a living? You're a professor. Oh, ho, ho, ho. oh, Jonathan, not wearing the pants in that relationship, are you? Because it's 2015. Everyone can wear pants in the relationship True. because everyone's equal. And what are you a professor of? Biology. Biology. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys meet? Please tell me. It was at the University of Michigan. Uh, no, California. It was in California. Very good. And we're in California. Santa Barbara. I've been to Santa Barbara. It was a lot of old people. And <laughs> am I thinking of the wrong place? I'm thinking of San Diego. Now, uh, University of Santa, uh, Santa Barbara, and you teach at University of Chicago? No, Lake Forest College. What is Lake Forest College? It's a very small but wonderful place to learn a lot. Hitting the party line, Anne. I enjoyed that so much. Your eyes were in literally engaged in enthusiasm. It is a small but lovely place to learn. I have brochures, Dylan. The SATs are coming up sooner than you think. I know what you want to do. You want to go to Stanford or Harvard or maybe UCLA, but Forest Lake College, very nice. Not by a lake or a forest, by a building site, but still a good place to learn. How close am I on the description of that university? Ooh, what are you, yeah, what are you gonna do in that science complex? What's the craziest biology experiment you've ever been involved in? Follow-up question, are there pigmen? <laughs> a man and a pig bred together. I'm just saying that if I was, why do you doubt it? I very rarely finally an answer to the question I've been trying to answer for a long time, but I've been asking comedians and they just say things like, stop talking to me about pigmen, John. Have you been watching too much Seinfeld? Yes! Yes, I have! And so, uh, what's the craziest experiment you've ever been involved in? Um, wanting to see if guppies from here would like to mate with guppies from there. Get out of here, really? <laughs> Don't lie to me, Ed. You tried... Is that true? Is that where you learned about the orange spot thing, Jonathan? That's true. Bring in your... Is it <laughs> Isn't that shirt orange, John? 
it's yellow, but still, you tried. <laughs> um, and w did it work, the guppies mating from one place to another? How excited you, did you get when, like, did you put on, like, some Barry Manilow and, like, poured a little wine into the tank and just, like, get at it? Well, we do think that the music that's played does have that effect. Really? What, what's, like, what's the Guppy's favorite jam? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Aren't you the scientist? You, shouldn't you know that? I think, I think it affects the, the scientist's brain, which then affects the Guppy's brain. Well, what's your favorite song? So what did you play? Well, the <laughs> Dylan walks in with a trumpet. It's not bad. Um, so what did you do when you, the guppies were trying to, you know, get at it? Did you just sort of sit there in silence and just say, "Let's do this. I gotta get home." Well, mostly I got very annoyed that they took so long. It's gotta be a weird thing to do for a living. What are you doing today? Well, I work in a law firm, so I'll be going over briefs. What about you, Anne? Well, I'll be putting some guppies in a tank and seeing how they react to one another sexually. And if they go at it, I get to write a report. And if they don't, I get to write three reports. <laughs> it's fascinating. I just find it very, I find the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I have two very good friends who are doing their PhD and my mom is a professor in marketing. And I have the utmost respect for people who have PhDs because they put you guys through this process that you wouldn't, like I assume you're a doctorate, yes? Yeah, that the, the writing of the thesis is insane because you have a person making you learn and become the only expert in the world on one subject and it drives people crazy. My mother is a very sweet, nice gardening, very typical like mother, like, would you like a pie? Don't do that. And then when she started doing her thesis, she would just write through the night drinking Red Bull and spring water slowly and then would just call me at 5 a.m. and go, all right, I can't remember what a semicolon is. Do you know what a semicolon is? And I would say, it's the dot and then the comma. She went, of course. And then like, it was just, it drives you crazy. My friend Paul, who's doing a, a PhD in the um, applications of alchemy in literature. So basically there's a theory that in Elizabethan e England, uh, Queen Elizabeth had uh, someone called a magician in her court, who's this guy called uh, John Dee. And his job was to look over maps and decide whether or not magic was with him. It's part of it's based in science, and part of it's based in bullshit. And so, and that was a very, and then it fed into literature about various things like metaphor and where all that came from was the idea of conjuring the spirits around you to help create an image in the mind. What it was also to do was poor people didn't see anything, so you just had to describe everything to them because they wouldn't know what a horse looked like. So for <laughs> Dylan, you're gonna have to read Shakespeare in, when you get to high school, and you're gonna think, why is he talking so much? It's because he's writing for really poor people who never left like their square block in London. And so you'd have to describe things like what a horse would look like, what a king would look like, what blood would look like. They would know what blood would look like because sometimes they get hungry. But other times, I like how everyone would be like, ha, <laughs> And the one Game of Thrones friend went, nice. And, <laughs> But in, so it's very fascinating when you know that, but here's the problem with high school education. They don't have time to explain the metaphorical structure of English that was used in England at that time. So they just go, Shakespeare talks weird, try and figure it out, and then it's difficult. And, and he's doing that right now, and he is like a metalhead. Do you guys still have, are there still metalheads around, Dylan? <laughs> you don't think so? The metalhead is dead? Oh yeah, you've been, how old are you, sorry? So you're 18, so, so there's a five year sort of difference. Yeah, you don't really get true metal at 13, because you can't, not it's not a, pardon me? They're not in middle school. They're not in middle school. The deadheads. The dead, the metal 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 metalheads. Deadheads are also around. You keep oh, yes, it. They, oh, yeah. they are. 
You keep your you keep your son away from those deadheads, and not because of any of what they do, because their music is so annoying. Are you a deadhead, really? Jerry Garcia couldn't play the guitar, and the reason why they had two drummers and squads in them would always fall asleep because he was a drunk. That doesn't make them a good band. It makes them a good story. That should have stopped in the 60s. Janis Joplin did us the privilege of faking her own death so she could go live on an island with Jimi Hendrix and be happy. I will not believe that they died that way. I love their music too much. You want to know why? Because it's three minutes long! Not the Grateful Dead. We're going to play Casey Jones, but first, a banjo. No one likes the banjo, Jerry. No one likes it. No one else no one likes? Riffs about the Grateful Dead that no one in this room cares about except for that one guy and he's not even on my side and the girls from Barcelona are looking at me going que pasa and the uh, <laughs> people from Ireland are I don't know which part of Ireland are you guys from Cork Cork so actual Ireland not the other part that people think is owned by the English but actually Scottish gentry fun fact and uh, you're from Cork you guys have a lot of uh, yeah Cork man once drowned it's an old joke not funny but still an old joke <laughs> And what brings you from Cork to the Edinburgh Festival? Thank you, brother. And we were here to visit Marshall. And how did you meet Marshall? Uh, she came to Ireland to do transition year. What is transition year? It's like uh, an optional year where you do activities instead of schoolwork. Gap year. Is it, it, no, but gap year no. is you just stop learning, <laughs> and you're from Australia, and you move to the west coast of the United States, you open a tiki bar, and you never leave. Transition. No, it's, like, it's like an optional year. At what age do you do this? What? Yeah. So at yeah. 16 years old, you can go, enough with this poppycock and falderall. I'm going to go to Ireland and work in a pub for a year? Well, like, you only do like two weeks work experience. Then you go to school five days a week and you, you like go like hiking and you like, you learn maybe like... That sounds horrible. Yeah. I know, it's great. Is it? Yeah, it's really fun. Because you go from school, which is like four or five hours a day. I'm trying to think how long school is. Yeah. Seven hours? Well, the Canadian educational system is very, very pee poor. Because <laughs> it was, yeah, it was high school was 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and we always had a spare period. I'd always try and get the last period spare that way, and then get a class during lunch that way, go straight through, done school by like 1 p.m. and then you can just, you know, all my friends still had school, so I just go home and watch Saved by the Bell by myself, and then they replace Saved by the Bell, and I watch Dawson's Creek, which you would think was not a good show, but that Pacey is an engaging actor, and that James Vanderbeek, his chin will go on for days. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Was it, it a little unrealistic? No, it was a delightful program. And so what was your favorite part of being in Cork? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I haven't learned your names off by heart yet. I will by the end of the show. What was your favorite part of being in Cork? Um, I don't know, just meeting all the Just meeting all the people? How did you transition from the delightful s food of, Bri of Barcelona, fresh, fresh fish and lovely tomatoes, to uh, Ireland food, which is a rock in brown sauce? <laughs> it was okay. Don't you can you can be honest. <laughs> I've been to Ireland and they handed me chips and they weren't even cooked. And then I said, I want you to cook them, and they went, Oh, you got to let us know. <laughs> it was five o'clock in the morning, and I think we may have broken into the chip shop, but still. <laughs> I was a little upset. I do find that very interesting because it's an interesting cuisine thing because the UK does have a bad rap for having horrible food, right? Yeah. Just be honest. Listen, you're not under oath. <laughs> do, you, do you like, do you prefer Barcelona's food? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. To gross Irish food? <laughs> but here's the weird... Hey, don't sit there and act like your cuisine is just top notch. I've had carrots that are boiled before. 
You can laugh too. They're laughing. Calm down. We're not going to make any more ethnically diverse jokes. And Americans, please know that your portions are the right size. You're allowed to eat the meal over a course of a few days. That's what people over here don't understand. You go to America and they give you this giant pizza. And you're like, you don't eat it all at one time. You eat half the pizza, then you put the other half of the pizza in the fridge, and then you have that for breakfast, therefore decreeing to the neighborhood, I just won. I had pizza for breakfast. What did you have? Cereal. Like an idiot. And so... Favorite Irish dish? It's either Irish stew or just straight. But don't do that. That's not true. I do. I like potatoes too. But it'd be like going to Canada and be like, "Where's the bear? Can I have some maple syrup?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you actually just like you see a bag of potatoes and you go, "Just a knife and some time." No, no. Like you'd have potatoes every day for dinner. Just straight potatoes. And like you'd have a meat associated with that, yeah, possibly. Vegetarian. You vegetarian, yeah, yeah. But you, if you, you would have. I think this is where the stereotype came from: is that you guys called dinner potatoes, evidently, <laughs> and everyone just thought you guys constantly eat potatoes. You're like, no, we have like a little bit of mash and some nice peas and a little bit of lamb, and they're like, yeah, but we call it potatoes. <laughs> Hence the potato famine, which wasn't actually the lack of potatoes; it's just you guys ran out of plates for a bit. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I will go after all of your cultures and make very <laughs> off-color jokes about them. You guys will laugh uncomfortably because some of you have the historical knowledge of that. And Dylan just going, what, what, what did my parents drag me into now? <laughs> I wanted to go see Expendables 4, which isn't a movie that is being made. I'm shooting it in my flat right now. If any of you guys like to be extras, we have a lot of berets and fake machine guns you can use. <laughs> How are we doing for time? Oh, we are just whipping by with time. That's very exciting. And so let's finally get to the city of Buffalo, home of Wolf Blitzer, who is the CNN correspondent that you guys may see on CNN International. It looks like he was transitioning into a wolf man, and then he stopped, and now he has the slowest voice ever. He's the perfect newscaster, because he's not handsome, and he's not ugly. He's just neutral. He's like the color beige as a person. Unlike here in Europe, where you guys let ugly people deliver the news, which I find very off-putting, because I'm like, well, the world's about to end. If they're letting this job of the hut motherfucker <laughs> let me know about the deficit, that means that the pretty people are already on a helicopter to the spaceship. We are dead. <laughs> so Buffalo, New York, from there. Home of the Buffalo Wing. You guys may know it as the chicken wing. The difference is... It's really good in Buffalo, and when you guys do it in Europe, you don't deep fry it so it doesn't have a crunch. You just straight up cook it, and then you put too much sauce in it so it would get greasy, and you end up accidentally throwing one at your friend Ryan's girlfriend during the Super Bowl last year, and then she doesn't really like you because you ruined her top that was from Chanel. Who wears a Chanel top to a Super Bowl party? There's going to be a lot of red wine, and the Patriots won in a clinch hit, so I threw my beer against the wall. I got a little excited. Anyway, so, <laughs> so from Buffalo, New York, and what do you do in Buffalo, sir? You're in the Coast Guard. Yeah! We have 20 minutes to kill, and I have so many questions. Why does the Coast Guard not have an animal associated with it? Let me back up my theory. Fireman, Dalmatian, policeman, the pig, or bulldog, depending on how you're being treated by the police officer. Coast Guard, when there are so many animals to choose from, like the guppy, no animal. Are you serious? Why did you guys go with a semi-aquatic animal that's vicious and eats people when it gets it into the water? No idea. And what, what's your rank in the Coast Guard? Uh, captain. You're a captain. God, I love nautical ranks because they sound so much more impressive. You talk to someone who's in the Army, what are you? I'm a sergeant. Ah, I can boss around a sergeant. But captain, you're like, I think I should salute him. Why are we all sitting down? Shouldn't we stand up? <laughs> and do you have a boat? I did. I don't know any longer. What happened to the boat? Did it sink? No, it's fine. So, so you're on so you're on the coast as opposed to on the guard now. 
You're in the headquarters? I don't understand how you guys are all sitting there not that excited. The word headquarters, I'm suddenly four years old being like, does Batman show up? How's Commissioner Gordon? Anyway. Um, and so you're in the headquarters. How cool is the headquarters? Dylan, you've probably been to the headquarters. How cool is the headquarters? Uh, no, I'm not allowed. You're not allowed in the headquarters? But what if he has like a crime that it needs help from being solved by his pithy son? Like what if them skateboard kids get up to no good and he needs someone to go in undercover? It's just a building? That's the thing that's so much like less exciting about the real world. Like in actual, like on TV shows, like the Coast Guard headquarters would be like like a, a derelict oil rig in the middle of the ocean, and it's just like lone black boats going back and forth. You're stood there in a captain's hat, just saluting people. And now it's just like an office building next to like a like a like a nondescript Dunkin' Donuts. Probably don't even have a fountain in the lobby, do you? Is the headquarters landlocked? Yeah. So you have to drive to the coast. I gotta say, the budget cuts have really affected you. <laughs> Comrade Obama has not been pleasant to the old, the, uh, the old Coast Guard. That the headquarters are land. Don't tell me that the police have an oceanfront property. Uh, well, DC Harbor Police yeah. What's going on over there? This is why America once was great, and it'll be great again when I am finally in charge. <laughs> first things first, Coast Guard on the coast, police on the land. You go where your job's supposed to be. And, and where, so where do you guys live in DC now? Yeah. Again, Washington, D.C., a very fun place. I, uh, I, I was taking a nap in front of the uh, Washington Monument once, and a man woke me up and said it was disrespectful. And I don't know why. It wasn't like I was dreaming about communism. I was just having a nap. <laughs> but um, So you live in D.C. That's very good. And love being in the Coast Guard? I, I enjoy it very much. Yeah. Can you just tell us, what's the, f like the, the funniest time? You, do you have to pull people over in boats? I don't know if you guys have been able to tell from the program, but I've learned a lot from television. And so I assume that the Coast Guard does pull people over in boats. I actually don't really know what the Coast... First question, actually. What does the Coast Guard do? Coast Guard is like... America has, like, water police. No, no, I know. Okay, good. They, have they what? They have do you really? Yeah, they do, but not in the same way, because you guys are all still wearing slacks, and you just go up to your knees. <laughs> Oh, that is a good point. The fishermen. Yeah. I totally forgot about And the, that oil rig that's up here in Scotland. That one that we have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that big one that the English had their eye on, but they're not going to get it after that vote, now that you guys are in charge of the parliament. That uh, oh, was a good time. Anyway, so what is... So basically, you're just out in the boat? Yeah. All right. What's the funniest situation you've ever had to pull someone over in? Don't have one? You're too good at your job. You never laugh there. So what are you doing? Just I work, out. I work food. Like the things that float in the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you pour those. So you just put those out there? Yeah, put them out, take them back in. Put them out, take them back in. So you have to drive from headquarters to the dock to get on a boat, to not pull anyone over, <laughs> to just change over a buoy? I wish I gave you more to work with, but yeah, no, that's I think you've given me plenty. I have, a <laughs> I have a letter to write to the State Department. Dear, I don't know who's in charge of the State Department anymore. I thought it was Donald Rumsfeld, but that was... What? Bob oh, John Kerry? John Kerry. It is John Kerry. Or Brother Bob, one of the two. Is it Bob Kerry or John? John. It is John Kerry. John. Bob Kerry? 
He would have a brother named Bob. I do like that John Kerry. It was disappointing how they swift voted him. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, John Kerry was running for uh, being come the president of the United States, and then George W. Bush and his cronies, they uh, switched up uh, how he was perceived in the Vietnam War. He was a great hero, but he didn't like how that war was fought, so he gave back his medals, which is his right to do as a war hero, and then they turned it into he was a bad leader, and he wasn't. Yes, he does look like an Easter Island statue, and he has the personality of a sponge, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't be a great leader, mostly because he wasn't George W. Bush. You know how in 2008 everyone's money lit on fire? That's that guy's fault, as much as everyone says it was Obama's fault. It wasn't Obama's fault. He was too busy bringing hope and change. And the change was the following. No more George W. Bush. And having a nice kicky pair of cool cats like Joe Biden and Obama in the White House as opposed to Dick Cheney, who's now dying from evil. And George W. Bush, who's literally just painting photos of himself in the tub like a really creepy serial killer. <laughs> Let's go through the American president's post-life. Jimmy Carter created Habitat for Humanity, building houses. Uh, 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 Ronald Reagan, dead, which I'm okay with. Jo First George W. Bush, kind of just hanging out, watches baseball. He's very, very old, hangs out in Maine, but also created a speech coalition and tried to work for peace with Bill Clinton. What has Bill Clinton been doing in his post-presidential years? Lots of fun stuff, giving peaches, uh, speeches, trying to um, move forward with peace. Uh, a lot of economic stuff that isn't so kosher, but hey, I like him. And also, the greatest liar that's ever existed in the entire world. He definitely lied under oath and got away with it by asking a lawyer what the definition of is was. <laughs> and everyone just went, I don't even know where he came up with that. Keep him in charge. And then George W. Bush got in power, possibly the most defining uh, eight years in, the, uh, in this century, 9-11, et cetera, et cetera, two wars. And what has he done afterwards? Has he gone forward to try and help with the peace movement? Maybe tried to explain and build um, uh, regulations for banks, being that his policies eroded the banking system in the United States? No, he's painting in Maine while his wife has grown long hair and more and more looks like a wildebeest with each day. And then Barack Obama, what's he going to do? I don't know, but I'm excited. Probably going to keep smoking. Let's buy let's. There's Americans in the room. Do you guys think Barack Obama is still smoking cigarettes? For those who don't know, Barack Obama famously said he would stop smoking cigarettes if he became the president, and then like five days into his term, he was still smoking cigarettes, and the American news media went bananas, being like, he's a liar, he's a liar, and I'm like, listen, he's got his hand on the button. I'm a smoker, I've tried to give up many, many times, and every time I do, I'm looking for a nuclear weapon to set off, because you know what? It's not that you're angry, not that you're sad, you just don't know what to do all the time, because you should be like, all right, I'm gonna go stand outside for five minutes and get looked at by people who don't smoke and I'll think, yeah, you may live longer, but those are the last years. Well, I'll be dead or possibly just enfeebled. Really, it's not a fun thing to do. Dylan, never start smoking. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> for some reason, I don't believe you. Be careful. Your father's in the Coast Guard. He can shut down the transit of tobacco in from Canada. No, he can't. They use trucks. Anyway, what I'm trying to say... <laughs> finally, Dylan, we are going to wrap this up in one second and then I'm going to stand over there and beg for your money and give you flyers from my other show that you can pay to come see. Um, but Dylan, the last word is yours. What did you take away from this fine afternoon here in this sweat lodge? Wear <laughs> Say it into the microphone, brother. That was awesome. One more time. Wear orange. And he's wearing orange shorts, ladies and gentlemen, for Dylan, for John, for Anne, for Buffalo, New York, and the island of the potato. My name's John Hastings. Have a great night. See you later. Bye-bye.
Spirit. 